I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey Ben. Marcus Parks wearing a political shirt, but also a last <laughs> podcast on the left shirt. It's Ted Cruz was the Zodiac Killer. Do we know that? Is that confirmed? We do not know that, but you know what? Speculation never hurt anybody. Do you remember when Donald Trump <laughs> said that Ted Cruz's father killed Kennedy? That was fun. <laughs> that was super fun. And then he called his wife ugly. That's right. And today he's at the Value Voter Summit. <laughs> Good Lord. I want to congratulate President Donald John Trump on his 50th executive order. Yay! It's almost like our republic's democratic process is broken. <laughs> 50 executive orders, man. Jesus He's Christ. been in there for 10 months. Dude's got 50 executive orders already. He's got more than W and Obama did combined uh, at this point. During I was on, all eight years. No, no, just for the first. At this point. Yes. Because okay. Obama, in uh, he had 276 of, uh, total EOs mm-hmm. in eight years. George W. had 291, and Bill Clinton had 364. And Donald Trump already has 50 of them. Which is just unbelievably hilarious, given how upset everyone was when Obama had the pen. Mm-hmm. But now it's in the hands of their orange friend. <laughs> and they say, you write on that. You sign your name, Donald. Sign it. You don't oh, let me do what I want. God. I'll just do it. We'll get into a little bit of the health care thing that Donald Trump put through today. with Another executive order. This might have happened yesterday. Either way, it was this week. And also, we have some new information on the Iran deal. Uh, nothing is happening. Yeah. This whole thing is total. It's the illusion of governance. Basically, uh, Trump just kicks it down to Congress. If Congress does nothing and Congress won't do anything because they couldn't even order lunch. Yeah, they couldn't. They could agree to have pepperoni pizza and still not figure out how to get it to the frickin Capitol. That's how unbelievably inept Congress is. So the Iran deal is going absolutely Nowhere. It will still be intact. Uh, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, uh, Mad Dog Mattis are just like, leave it alone, Donald. It doesn't matter right now. We have people dying in Puerto Rico, 85% without power. What was it? 35% without drinking water. Dozens and dozens are confirmed dead. I think it's just under 50, 49 deaths, was it right now? 49 deaths, and but that it is almost yeah. certainly much, much higher than that. Oh, yeah. The, drink, the drinking water is poisoned, and you know what we need every day? 
water. <laughs> so like every day we're good. There's going to be more people. But Donald Trump isn't thinking about them or at least not tweeting about them. And that nice. usually is a reflection of what he's thinking about. He uh, lets us know one tweet at a time. And of course, North Korea, the rhetoric is continuing to ratchet up. And there's no love lost between Kim Jong-un and the Trump administration. But we're focusing here on uh, on Iran for some reason, despite the fact that Iran has actually done some fairly good work when it comes to fighting ISIS in Syria and uh, in Iraq, obviously working closely with the Russians to sort of do the heavy lifting when it comes to that war, which is still very real, despite the fact that our president isn't talking about it. He's too busy talking about uh, black athletes not doing what he wants them to do during the national anthem. You know, and it's weird that he's not talking about that because I think it's going okay over it's there. It's not going horrible. Yeah, it's not going horrible. Like our yeah. fight. Like there's a, a you know, you we've, I've been reading stories about like scores of people of uh, ISIS fighters. They're they're giving up. You know, they're like giving they're, up. They're surrendering. Yeah. Uh, why isn't he talking about that? Like I why have isn't no he idea. talking about any of the positive thing? Because you know, people keep sending me shit. And be like, hey, there's a positive thing Trump well, did. Well. Like, oh, well, okay, but why is he talking about a fucking football player? Because he's, you know, he's focused. <laughs> he's focused on the NFL. Just talk about the positive. Oh my I mean, God. that's, but that's, of course, you know, that that's just a microcosm of this guy's entire way of being. Is yeah. it? It's not, it, there's nothing positive about him. It's yeah. only negative. It's only well, attack. A lot of the, uh, the callers that I get there on that unbiased Fox News radio, <laughs> A lot of the listeners think that he is representing their voice, you know, I, but it's like, the why? sad thing is uh, he is, he is, yeah. but you know, he has a finite amount of time in office. Yeah. Do we want this to be a precedent for future presidents going forward that they should weigh in on what private corporations are doing? I don't think so. And Donald Trump telling NFL owners that they should fire people who don't stand for the anthem. And then Roger Goodell. And I don't want to make this all about football here because it, but it's a larger conversation of forced nationalism. There's other countries that have forced nationalism. Uh, it's North Korea. Yeah. It's it's Russia. It's China. It is the countries that we're supposed to be diametrically opposed to. <laughs> but evidently, uh, there does seem to be a common thread. The Venn diagram does cross over when it comes to this administration and the desire to force people to stand for the national anthem, which is unbelievably un-American. Extremely so. Good yeah. God. Again, you know, I, I've mentioned this once before. I'll mention it again, though. This uh, Ken Vietnam series. Yeah, uh, I'm still watching it. It's fucking fantastic. I would mm -hmm. recommend anybody watch it. Uh, but they were talking about the protests of the Vietnam War. They were mm -hmm. talking about you know the people that were pro-war and people that were uh, anti-war. And the pro-war people were saying like. We stand behind America, right or wrong. And the anti-war people is like, we stand behind America, but we need to be able to reserve the right to tell them that we're wrong. And I think yeah, that's where course. we are right now. Is mm -hmm. that you know you have uh, people on you know the Trump side say like America, American exceptionalism. We're always you know we might be wrong sometimes, but we have to always say America is the best. America sure. is wonderful, uh, and you don't even really admit that much that it's wrong. But on the other side, you know you've got people that say like we have to be able to tell our country when things are fucked up we have yeah, to be able to do that and you can't force us to salute the well flag. because then it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything. if you it's force someone to tell them that you love them it does not carry any weight whatsoever no you have to earn it and that's exactly the thing. america is supposed to be a place where they earn our trust they right. earn our love and they haven't done anything for that well that whole thing with the 
you know, and I don't want to get too in, too in the weeds with the National Football League, uh, but, uh, you know, it is really a – it has sprung into a larger conversation. Obviously, race is infused in that conversation. It's a, it's a wedge issue for Donald Trump. It is perfect for his base. It's the dog whistle politics are all there. You have class. You have wealth. And you have race and you have privilege. In this case, a lot of the people see uh, the athletes as privileged, wealthy, spoiled brats. That's how they see them. And they think that anyone can play football professionally or any of these professional sports. These people are exceptional in their own right. And they're trying to represent communities that have been silenced. Mm. So that is why uh, people say, oh, they're millionaires out there. Why aren't they uh, so proud of the country? They are proud of the country. They want to talk about police brutality. And they have to, they're trying to shed light on a community that the vast majority of black people, guess what, aren't playing professional sports. Yeah. <laughs> they are in communities that are being uh, targeted. And uh, whether that be real or perception, it, that is, it is what it is. And if you look at the prison industrial complex and you look at the racial disparity, the economic disparity, I don't see how you couldn't see there is obviously a systemic issue when it comes to uh, people of color, uh, you know, and poor folks being imprisoned at higher rates than whites and the wealthy. So that is what they're trying to talk about. And for Donald Trump to really kind of blow this out and try to make them out to be the spoiled brats, of course, the great irony, the guy who started his first business with a million-dollar loan from his papa oh, uh, is, has, is has the, the poster audacity. boy for the wealthy spoiled brat. Yeah. But then we have, because of all those stupid tweets coming from Trump and because the ratings are down, now we have Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, saying that he's going to force players to stand, which is going to lead to an outright mutiny. And now... The players, I firmly believe many of them are not kneeling or sitting during the national anthem because of police brutality. It is straight up because they hate Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, so it's like talk Which about galvanizing uh, a group of people. Donald Trump did it. Yeah, he galvanized them. But now that's the thing is that the focus is no longer on what it was supposed to be on. Now it's just that's another true. Trump thing. Now, now it's now, just another tr now trashy it, Trump thing. Yes, now it's just yep. another Trump thing that just add it to the fucking pile. Like once yep. again, we've lost the focus. We've lost right. the focus of what actually matters here. And now it's just another... Now it's just masturbatory. It is. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild stuff. But that's yeah, the thing. But now, it, now, it you, is, now they've yeah. got to do something new. Now it's got to. Now you've got to find some new way to shine a light because well, that stuff is st it is still very much a huge, gigantic problem. It did not get better. It did not no. go away. But now the whole national anthem protest thing. It's now it's just a yeah. Trump thing. He's, it, he flipped it. He, flipped he won. It. He won. Of he, course he does. He flipped it. He turned it into a thing about him. Of course. And now it's lost its original meaning. There it is. And uh, this is larger than the NFL. Again, we're talking. Forced nationalism. Uh, if this whole thing, this whole thing has to end with the uh, with the uh, football players. They have to. The NFL has to cut their ties with the DOD and the National Guard. They get millions of dollars from both of them. That's why it all started in 2009. That's when all this anthem crap started. Before that, the players would come out after the national anthem. I don't even think they televised the dang thing. I think it was just for the people that were there watching the game. Sometimes they uh, did for like the Super Bowl. That was short. It. The yeah. only time you ever saw the national anthem was the totally. Super Bowl. And, uh, and then the players run out, and you're like, okay, that's I want to watch them play football. I don't really care no. what they're doing. during. So go back to pre-'09, cut all the economic ties with the Department of Defense, which I don't know why they had a contract with the NFL in the first place, and the National Guard. Just get it out. Get the government out 
of the NFL because that's exactly what is tarnishing the league. We talk about this all the time when it comes to taking money from the federal government. There's always strings attached. They want something in return. Of course, the DOD, they have the flyovers on a regular basis of the games with their fighter jets. They want the advertising. Mm. They want to have a good reflection of what the U.S. military is all about, and they want the NFL to be one of their major, um, basically a billboard for the United States government to say how cool and awesome the U.S. military is. We just got to cut all the ties with this private company and uh, and uh, the United States government because this is exactly what you get when the government starts entangling itself in every facet of our freaking lives. Good Lord. I feel like Malcolm in the Middle's best friend, the black kid in the wheelchair. <laughs> just leave me alone. Just let me have a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday. There's so many dang football games on now. But uh, let's move forward out of the NFL. That's my thoughts on that hot topic. Um, the tweet that Donald Trump put out regarding the Senate Intelligence Committee. Did you see this for the fake news? Mm-hmm. He wants people to investigate fake news. I believe that happened this week. We didn't talk about it, that last week. It happened week, this week, yeah. So this was predicated on some stories that uh, Donald Trump and Rex Tillerson are not getting along because they're not getting along because no. Donald Trump is constantly undermining all of Rex Tillerson's work mm-hmm. with one stupid 140-character tweet at a time. And Rex Tillerson is left scratching his head being like, why am I even here? Yeah, What am I supposed to be doing? All of the work I'm trying to accomplish with the North Koreans, trying to establish a dialogue, really difficult stuff is immediately undermined by Donald Trump calling uh, Kim Jong-un rocket man and then having a meeting with military leaders saying this is the calm before the storm. Whatever the heck that means, (sighs) nothing. It might mean nothing, might mean a nuclear war. We just (laughs) don't know. According to Eminem's new uh, freestyle rap song, which he made for the BET Awards. Did you listen to that? I did not. It's pretty good. I bet it's Eminem. He's great. He did tell, he told some of his fans who are Trump supporters to fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> he did and then i had a trump supporter calling the show he said well i'm not a fan anymore because he i was like well you know what i listen to ted nugent sometimes except you can separate the artists from their politics yeah eminem was he's angry right now looking good though yeah thin Remember, <laughs> I, I miss fat eminem he did get fat for a little while oh right? it's because he got totally sober but you never get totally sober papa's in the house <laughs> get it over get it over there my roommate got Papa John's this week. I've stolen three pieces. <laughs> not bad, actually. I'm doing much, much better. Three pieces in so, a week isn't bad for you. Not too bad. Not too bad. A Senate Intelligence Committee to investigate fake news. He's not, ta- as we talked about, he's not talking about Alex Jones. He is not talking about uh, David Icke. These yeah, he's not re- talking about Gateway bright- Pundit. No, he's not. Or, those or Breitbart. Straight up lie. He's talking about, you know, CNN and any other, uh, you know, New York Times. NBC. That's NBC. the one. That's NBC. That was is, the M- Yeah. NBC is the one that he's really setting his crosshairs here because NBC right. was the one uh, that, that, well, what really set him off on all this was like it started off with the whole uh, Tillerson calling Trump moron. a fucking moron. I, I didn't, he called me a moron. <laughs> no, he did not call me a moron. <laughs> well, he let that one kind of slide. He just oh said fake God. news. Uh, uh, but then NBC reported why Tillerson and called him a fucking moron mm-hmm. was because during uh, a meeting uh, Trump was shown a PowerPoint that showed nuclear pro- pro- non-proliferation that showed our nukes going from I think like 32,000 in like 1964 mm-hmm. uh, or in the 60s sometime uh, down to about where they are now I think it's like three or 4,000 uh, and he pointed at the 32,000 he goes I want that 
Yeah, I want that. Give me that again. We more than that, but yeah, that we, we've definitely had a uh, we've we've definitely had a decline in our in our nuclear weaponry. But of course, we don't really need that many. You don't need that. That's you just really just kind of need one. That's Cold War. <laughs> that's, it's Cold War dick waving. I mean, that, yeah. that's all. That's all it is. But that's, that's what he wanted. He wanted. He pointed towards. It's like I want to get back to that. That's where I want to be. And that's when Tillerson called him a fucking moron. Right. Perhaps, maybe, if he did it. He if didn't, he did it. He didn't deny nor confirm it. That means he did maybe yeah he did did not deny nor confirm that means he definitely called him a fucking moron it's possible Um, i'm gonna it's possible but but through but when that story broke that's when uh trump said that's when trump threatened to pull nbc's license which shows he also doesn't know how licenses work well and can you imagine if the shoe was on the left foot if obama would have said something about fox news like that dear god uh, it would have been a fire storm and i would have defended fox news i would have defended everyone who was upset with barack obama uh for trying to silence a media uh entity the same way that i'm going to defend the media entity when donald trump tries to silence a media entity mm-hmm. it's, it's it's insane and what people are forgetting is that he has three years and two months left or maybe seven years and a couple of months left if he gets reelected no and it's with the Democratic Party. Well, we got we got to see some people. I had a great chance to interview Jammu Green, who worked closely with Hillary Clinton in 2010 uh, and was a uh, was a member of uh, Uniseca. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And um, and they're really trying to harvest some new talent there. Camilla Harris, Tulsa Gabbard, um, some really some different people in the Democratic Party. But we'll see what happens in 2020 because we have to get into the conversation about Steve Bannon and what he wants to do with the Republican Party going forward here in 2018 and in 2020. But he will not be there forever. No. So do we want a precedent to begin with a president just just threatening the First Amendment rights of of media and of journalists, where does it end? That is a straight-up threat. He is a straight threat? That is yes. a threat. That he threatened a major news organization for publishing Do they go after the Young Turks? Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, or, you know, if a, if a left-leaning person goes in there, do they go after a lunatic? Well, I think he's a lunatic like a Mike Cernovich. Mm-hmm. Do they go after them? I don't want anyone to be silenced. I want them to be able to speak their mind. And then we'll decide if they're stupid, if they're smart, if I agree, if I disagree, and what to, uh, what capacity to, uh, you know, treat um, their opinions. Mm-hmm. That's up. That's up for us to decide. We can't be silencing people. And the fact that the right is allowing that, not all of the right, Trump support is very small. If you look at it across the uh, across all fifty states, he's down like seventeen points in Wisconsin. He's down big double digit numbers mm-hmm. across the board from his uh, supporters at the beginning. From the supporters at the beginning, okay. since January, since he took office, January twentieth. So he is going down. So the, the the Trump support, you know, we're looking at around maybe twenty three percent of the country mm-hmm. is really hardcore Trumpers, and that's why he's constantly going back to that base. Because the way that we do our election, you don't need a you don't need obviously um, you don't need the general population. You don't need the, you you don't need that support. The way they break it up in districts, the way it's all done, you really do need a finite, hardened base 23 percent who knows what that could do for him uh going forward uh in 2020 i don't think it'll be enough but then again who the heck knows because again the democratic party they need to step up their game and figure out what the heck their message is going to be but he's not going to be there forever so we just have to be very careful if you are a trump supporter or someone who leans to the right which is totally fine 
This is not acceptable for any president to do, regardless of their political affiliation. You can't tweet and threaten uh, NBC or whatever news media is talking poorly about you. I, mean, I don't see how anybody can look at that statement and believe that he is upholding the Constitution in any way whatsoever. Either. I mean, he took an oath to uphold <laughs> yep. the values of the Constitution, Dude. the Constitution of the United States, and he is directly going against the First <sighs> Amendment. It's crazy, man. They are so into it. They're so They're they so it. into it because they, they think that this is the guy that's fighting for them. Yeah. They really believe it. They really do. They don't realize that the only character trait that Donald Trump likes in a person <laughs> is blind allegiance to him. That is the only character trait. Honestly, look at what happened with Luther, Luther Strange and Roy Moore in Alabama. Luther Strange, much more aligned with the GOP establishment. Donald Trump overlooked all of that when against his own political instincts when it comes to siding with Steve Bannon and the Breitbart wing, which obviously went with the raging lunatic Roy Moore, who will probably hold a Senate seat in this country, which I think should be disturbing to a lot of people. This man equating homosexuality with bestiality. The guy who said, okay, fine, I won't be a judge because, of course, he wanted to put in a 5,200-pound Ten Commandments. Mm. It should be ten, You can write it on a le- piece of loose leaf. He wanted 5,000-pound <laughs> no, Ten Commandments. We need to spend a lot of money, Why though. wouldn't we? That's the thing. We need Why to spend a lot of money on this monument instead of giving it to people to help oh, them out gosh. because— what, which one of those two things is the more Christian thing? And of course, to give people money to help them out in their everyday lives mm-hmm. or to build a gigantic fucking monument so people can go like, oh, yeah, the Ten Commandments, I mm-hmm. forgot. I like that he's armed. <laughs> That's what I'm looking at. I remember that. Section two of the Ten Commandments when it says thou shalt be armed. Is that in there? That's commandment. Uh, That's the second commandment. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, one of the commandments is definitely thou shalt not steal, which is something that Rui Moore has been doing from his charity, evidently, for quite a while, taking $200,000 a year. Great. Uh, so he is a hypocrite. Just another great Just another ex- hypocrite. Just another great yep. example of a, a good Christian. That's right. But- Donald Trump supporting Luther Strange, more evidence that Strange has been with Donald Trump since the beginning, and uh, he had been very, um, he would have gone along with anything that Donald Trump wanted to push through when it comes to whatever the heck Donald Trump wants to do. Rui Moore won't be. Yeah. Uh, for example, DACA, the situation, obviously, with the uh, deferred actions for childhood arrivals. Uh, you know, those kids are near and dear to my heart, 800,000 of them. Sending that down to Congress, Rui Moore will not be supporting DACA. No. Luther Strange would have. So that's why Donald Trump chose him. Uh, So that is it. The only character trait that Trump likes is blind allegiance to Donald Trump. And then he will reward you with his support. He's currently, as we just mentioned, at the Value Voter Summit, grabbing them by their pussy, I guess. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing over there. Uh, And another um, congressman is there, Steve Scalise, Mm -hmm. which is actually kind of disappointing. Uh, Steve Scalise, of course, the House Majority Whip. He was shot. We know the story. He was shot during practice while practicing for a charity baseball game uh, by this dude Hodgkinson, a real lunatic. And uh, he was saved by a lesbian security guard. And so I thought that that might change his opinions a little bit on gay people in general but evidently it did not no, of course not. uh it didn't change his opinion on guns either not even when it comes to the bump stock which seems to be relatively universally accepted as not part of the second amendment and not really it's not a gun it is a gun it is an accessory that makes the guns an illegal um automatic gun mm-hmm. so i don't even understand why that's controversial paul ryan has come out and says yeah we could probably ban the bump stock which is just one brand 
I guess these things have been around since like the 90s, yeah. which I wasn't really aware of. We talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, and of course, as soon as uh, talk started going around about banning the bump stock, sold out. Oh, of course. All the stores sold out. Yeah, so man. now we've got more than ever. Yeah, bump stocks out there. <laughs> now it's just—it's such an now obvious. Now they're everywhere. It is so. It just oh doesn't, It just doesn't get better. You, uh, really, you tell me it, they're. I mean, honestly though, man, you tell me they're going to ban Bud Light. <laughs> uh, I got an entire room ready. <laughs> I'm filling it up with every single Bud Light bottle that I can find. Just at the rumor. The rumor. <laughs> the fact that I even said it. If I go back and listen to this episode, I'm going to have to go buy Bud Light just to make sure because some personality on a podcast said it. Maybe it'll come true. Yeah. Of course, it's so. Uh, it's like Pavlov's dog, man. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, yeah, the bumps. Oh my goodness. So now we have the situation uh, going forward. We just don't know what's going to happen when it comes to the elections in 2018, 2020. Steve Bannon of Breitbart, of course, Breitbart fame, which, my goodness, if you needed any more indication that they're just a racist alt-right platform, read the emails that were sent to between Bannon and Milo Yanniapolova. I mean, the guy is just so pathetic. Of course, Milo with the videotape of him singing uh, America the Beautiful. Well, uh, Richard Spencer does a Nazi salute. I mean, these people are... These are not uh, these are not the genetically superior people that they pretend to be. That is absolutely absolutely for sure. I'm not sure how they got the the idea. It's his skin. The, oh, I see. <laughs> it's all that <laughs> loose, fat, fucking- <laughs> fleshy skin that they have. <laughs> they looked in the fucking mirror, Ben. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Bannon has promised to primary or fight every single Republican. It's really fascinating. There's 34 Senate seats up. Uh, 25 of them Democrat, nine of them Republican. He already got the win with Roy Moore. So there's eight more um, Senate seats that are going to be filled by a Republican just because their states are very safe for Republicans, as it is usually for Democrats as well. We don't again, it's kind of a fraud here, this whole idea of our democratic process. But he has promised to try to primary or oust any establishment Republican. That's why you look at what happened with Bob Corker in Tennessee. Bob Corker isn't even seeking re-election. He said, forget it. I'm I'm just like so over it and so done. And Corker is, of course, the one who warned uh, uh, that Donald Trump might be bringing us into World War III again via Twitter. Somehow Rose McGowan for accusing or uh, telling her story about being sexually assaulted by uh, by Harvey Weinstein, and she used the word rape. She said she was raped by Harvey Weinstein in 1997. Her Twitter account was uh, was suspended. Yeah. But Donald Trump threatening World War III or, uh, or perhaps um, – uh, uh, having rhetoric that could lead to World War Three on Twitter is just fine. Yeah. Twitter's like, let it stay. You let know, it stand. That's what we don't really realize is that, you know, at any time, Twitter can just say no. No, at any time, yeah. At any time. Twitter Twitter can can just say no, and they don't have to worry. None of us have to worry about it anymore. And it's like, Twitter, did you see the movie Scream? You leave Rose McGowan alone. <laughs> Never. I love Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan's wonderful. She has been wonderful our whole life. Yeah, she's Rose McGowan has been like, she's kind of a, an, a bit of an it girl. Yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. Leave Rose McGowan alone. I've always said that. So uh, Bob Corker is talking, you know, much more openly about his concerns about Donald Trump, his temperament and his tweets regarding really significant, important foreign policy, foreign affairs. He's done. He's like, I'm not I can't even deal with what's happening within the Republican Party anymore. It's really interesting that Bannon 
doesn't even talk about the Democrats. No. Doesn't mention them. He is hell-bent on getting his policies, his people, his version of the world, his vision of the world, his political vision for the GOP through one person at a time. He's currently 6 and 0. Oh. Yeah, he's not talking about it, but he's thinking about it. He's doing it, man. Yeah, he's just all yeah. where Bannon is right now. Bannon, I it. think Bannon's about it phase three or four he is, bannon's got a fucking plan and he is yes winning. he does he absolutely is winning the proof is in the elections and again for the seats that were vacated by individuals who went to go work with the trump administration every single candidate that he chose every candidate that he grabbed by the face like Pumpkinhead, which by the way you have to rewatch. <laughs> all right Pumpkinhead is so fun i love Pumpkinhead. uh you know they they are winning and I would not be surprised if he runs the table. It's possible that he does. You know, even in, you know, you have like the situation in Utah. Uh, Jason Chaffetz, uh, he's done. Who's going to fill this seat? You know, people are talking about maybe Mitt Romney should run for Senate. He's going to get absolutely crushed. Yeah. Um, if the Bannon stranglehold on the Republican Party is as strong as it seems to be right now, or do the American people get totally and utterly fatigued. Yeah. We are 10 months into Trump. And I feel like for the first time we're aging faster than the president. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he the president great. He's getting younger. <laughs> he there there's some he's like, you he know, pep in his step. He's got a Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, as a country, we're just like grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hit her again, Grandpa! There's just sucking on the bleeding (laughs) finger, just trying to get some life back in our bodies. Yeah, Yeah, Donald Trump is the only president who is looking younger. He's great. As the American people age as if uh, we're dogs. He's going to the Value Voter Summit. He's telling them, we're saying Merry Christmas again. Wow. And he's saying it with a huge smile on his face. And oh God, my God damn it, they loved it so much. They love so it. So we're getting near the beautiful Christmas season that people don't talk about anymore. They Everyone use, talks they about it. They don't use the word Christmas. We are saying Merry Christmas again. Oh, wow. Look at that. I'm so happy. I was so concerned. It's almost like I was worried that Christmas has been bought and sold by corporations and been completely soulless for generations. Thank you, Donald Trump. <laughs> That's the irony. I mean, these people have no problem. Christmas is uh, not about uh, the religion. It hasn't been about Christianity in a very long time. I don't remember. I mean, in, in my household, it always was. Yeah. Jesus was the reason for the season. No, and not I did, mine. Not Ninja yours. Turtles was the reason for the season. That was mostly my concern, too. <laughs> I will say that. My parents did a good job of being like, Jesus was the reason for the season. We say, okay. And he's like, and here's a TV. He'd be like, that's cool. That's <laughs> Thank a you. Good- Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the television. <laughs> I knew when you were dying on that cross, you were thinking about an HD flat screen TV, and you were thinking about all the real sex I'm going to watch on HBO when the parents are asleep. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Appreciate yeah. it. No, Christmas hasn't been. It, it's just a, it's another not. It's another cultural thing. It, it's just another one of those. It's just another stupid fucking cultural touchstone exactly. uh, that doesn't matter it doesn't matter in people's lives nope it does not matter fix the bigger bigger problems because that's this the, is trump that, though that this is trump because i'm mean, but this is 
a lot of Trump, and this is also a lot of the Republican Party, is that there are very big problems in America that affects mm-hmm. these people who are so concerned about Merry Christmas. There are huge problems that yep. actually affect their lives, but nothing is done about those problems. Nothing is no. actually fixed. So what they do is they focus on this stupid culture war bullshit. They right. focus on things, very simple things that people can understand because those problems that we have are so complicated and so huge right. that it's very hard to wrap your head around it. But you can wrap your head around being pissed off about Merry Christmas. So well, they focus on that. And it's very emotional. And that's the same thing with like the NFL. It's very simple. Yeah, have, it's very simple. You have simple. the flag. You have people kneeling. You have football players who are rich. It's very simple. It's it's uh, extremely uh, it's uh, it's incredibly uh, symbolic. Yeah, it's very symbolic. And, and it's something you know, they know. They about, watch. They watch. And uh, we talk about identity politics. I think the left has really lost in a lot of ways when it comes to their identity politics. The left has sort of eaten itself. But now we're again, we're seeing that when it comes to Bannon and the Republican Party. Bannon's identity politics, that's a playbook that is, uh, you know, out of the, your Noam Chomsky's mm. uh, and, uh, you know, your um, your uh, Bill Ayers. I mean, this is straight out of leftist playbooks. Um, How do you Steve mean? Bannon. Well, it's really just a divide and conquer mentality. It's identity politics, as we were just talking about it, but they're taking everything and flipping it. So when Steve Bannon is on stage talking about how it's not about the money, it's about the people, it's about economic populism, all of that stuff is straight out of leftist philosophy, and he's just adapted it and attached it to Republican right-wing extremism with nationalism, white nationalism specifically, isolationism, and America first. Mm -hmm. You know, So he takes... Um, Luther Strange, going back to Alabama, that's just the most recent sample that we have here of a Steve Bannon campaign, totally outspent. Donald Trump, totally outspent. That message is what's really resonating, that economic populism. As we talked about with Bernie Sanders, and again, we talk about the Venn diagram, the crossovers on occasion, Bernie Sanders and Trump, that that was one of the crossovers. Mm -hmm. Low donations from low-income people. And a lot of them. Yeah. And also with uh, Roy Moore, we were talking about, you mentioned this at uh, the bar the other night, uh, is that Roy Moore got the media on his side. He got the conservative media on his side. And now that's what matters. It totally does. The TV ads do not matter well the tv the robocalls don't matter no. it's a, all about getting that cut the cons- middleman out yeah, cut you, the money out cut the money out completely and that's what happened you know way back as we sort of we've seen this ever since the tea party movement in 2010 you know bringing in ted cruz and this kind of uh those kind of people david bratt uh beating eric Cantor, massive political upset at the time that's exactly what david bratt did he got laura ingram on his side he got rush limbaugh on his side rush limbaugh by the way currently going against donald trump say so he's starting to get a little bit unnerved with all of this First Amendment nonsense, uh, Rush Limbaugh sort of kind of, I don't know if he's seen the light. I think he's tethered a little bit to a conservative philosophy that wants to have government out of their lives. Donald yeah. Trump is definitely a involved president in our lives. Yes, very He much is so. everywhere. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Anybody who you says know, that this is a, that Donald Trump's all about get the government out of our lives, small government. Absolutely I mean, this not. guy is talking about regulating the press. Yes, and he's getting yeah. he's weighing in personally on on private corporations. It's just a matter and how of, they should yeah. treat their employees. Like he totally. he could not be getting into our lives more. Right, a- absolutely. It's just a matter of time before he starts going after PBA bowling. <laughs> uh, he pr- he's probably going to love bowling. They're great people. He likes hockey because all the hockey players are going to go see him at the White House. They're drunk. <laughs> They, as soon as they win the Stanley Cup, they literally put a bunch of booze in that Stanley Cup and they just drink it with straws like they're at TGI Fridays and they just ordered a big margarita. Um, he is very infused in our lives. So that is a, that's a false notion. 
yeah. that he wants the government out of our lives. He's very, very infused in our lives. But that's that uh, populism that uh, that Steve Bannon has really been able to uh, to utilize, and it is proving to be immensely, immensely successful. Again, that Eric Cantor, David Bratt. Look at that race back in the day. That was when Eric Cantor was the House Minority Whip. Uh, maybe he was, he was the Minority Whip. He might have become the Majority Whip um, at some point there. Uh, no one saw that coming because, mm. again, Bratt was outspent 10 to 1. I don't know if that's the exact numbers, but he was way outspent. Got those free press. It's all free media. That's what you need. Cut the middleman out. No one's watching these stupid freaking commercials. They're so corny. Yeah. They're so dumb. Uh, they're almost counterproductive, you know? Um, so that's, that's what I mean when I talk about taking kind of a playbook out of more of a left-leaning identity politics kind of way. That's what I, that's what I mean by that. Because if you listen to Steve Bannon, there will be, I guarantee you, you watch, even listen, go back and you can just YouTube him when he's talking about Roy Moore before he brings him on stage to celebrate the, uh, the victory. And it was a heck of a victory. They won by 9%. I think he got 54% of the vote in Alabama, which is my goodness. What was Alabama on the STD list? <laughs> we, we were looking at STDs by number state. Eight. Number eight on yeah. STDs. So they're crushing it when it comes to unprotected sex. It's almost like they need to, need to reform their education system a little bit. But, you know, there will be about 30% of the ban in speech where you get it, where he is just talking straight to the crowd about money about how Washington is broken, and about how they are the forgotten people. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And then it's, it's just so unfortunate that then following that is just straight bigotry. Yeah. Just straight up bigotry. Um, so that's what I mean when I say that. Yeah. And, I, so and the left has to – they got to figure it out, uh, and we'll see what happens. They, they're currently much quieter – uh, than I expected them to be at this point. I had, again, going back to that conversation I had with Jamu Green, she was talking about uh, women are galvanized now. There's been a lot of lot more young women wanting to get involved, get into politics, start seeking elected office, which you have to do. Uh, if I can do it, you can do it, and you can do it a heck of a lot better than me because odds are you don't also have a murder podcast uh, <laughs> or been recorded for eight years saying God knows what on the round table of gentlemen. Horrible things. Uh, horrible things. Funny, Marcus. Fun no, very funny. I am not going to apologize for, spread for spreading joy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've yes. noticed uh, on, uh, on Reddit a lot lately a lot of people uh, – running for office a lot it's of people great. a lot of people saying like this is why i'm running for office you know check me out mm -hmm. ask me anything uh i've been seeing that a lot and it, it's heartening to see it's 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 good it's so, a very very good thing to see it is one of the good side effects it is one of the good reactions that we're seeing i think um well speaking in the context of women i think they're over what are the stages of grief? I think they're kind of done being depressed, and now they're pissed. Now they're real pissed. And, uh, and that's great. We need people pissed, and we need people, well, you know. No, pr people don't, proactively don't pissed. Proactively pissed. Yeah, proactively don't just pissed. stew and get upset. Yeah. Your, your life is, you know, this is all going to pass. Yeah. This too shall pass. Everything will be okay. We will get through this. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get through it by people being proactively pissed. Yeah, proactively pissed and uh, positively pissed. Absolutely. You know, like yeah, not, you don't, to be in pissed is very fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, some of my favorite favorite emotions are just full of rage i mean you guys you, know? you guys don't even know that we would not be sitting here right now if i was not a spite driven hate filled machine <laughs> like if, if I was yeah, i'm the nice one no one even knows that <laughs> i am the nice one it's amazing yeah um, no i am a i am an engine of spite so, yes so that was that was reassuring uh, having that conversation with her there's going to be a uh, you know and apparently young girls 
or she was saying young women, they oftentimes feel like, oh, I don't have the resume. What What if, uh, am I good enough or whatever? Who cares? Yeah. The one thing about Donald Trump is he has shown it does not matter what your resume is in life. Obviously, you do have the... Uh, you know, him being a wealthy male. Uh, so perhaps that was able to circumvent all of the actual skills and resume that one would need in order to usually seek the highest office in the world. But you can do it. Yeah. Build your resume. No one has a resume at birth. You got to build it. And you build it by running and doing whatever. I mean, one thing that Trump proved is that what's most important is connecting with people. If you can connect with people and you've got a message. uh, And I think that's what the Democrats need to do as well, is that they need to find some way. And, you know, shit, Bernie Sanders, he knows how to connect to people. Yeah. But not everybody. Like, Bernie just it just doesn't fucking take for some reason i don't know what it is about people but for some reason just bernie doesn't quite take the democrats they need to find Mm. a way to connect to people i think of people out there running for office if you have good ideas and if you can actually connect with your local voting populace then i think you can get something done you don't have to have been in politics or in law or anything like that Mm. for years and years as long as you've got some connection with people then you can do well and that's where the democratic party has to change as well Uh, And I'm not going to sit here and harp all over, you know, Hillary Clinton. But at the end of the day, eight out of the 10 wealthiest districts in this country voted for uh, the Democrats nation building with Libya, some other things. They need to get back to their roots. They need to get back to grassroots. George McGovern, don't pick a lunatic for your VP. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, get back to that really great. Even if you go back, watch some old school Jimmy Carter. That 76 debate is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's just a obviously Jimmy Carter talk about religion. He was the first evangelical president elected and he took the tenets of evangelical, the the faith, the belief. There are some good tenets helping out your neighbor, uh, loving one another, being open minded. That's why he's constantly going uh, building houses for humanity. The the habitat for humanity. Habitat for humanity. He takes that evangelical good. He takes the good portions of evangelicalism and really puts those on display. Unfortunately, the right co-opted that in 1980. And that's where we are now, where we have a president, self-avowed sexual assaulter, sexual harasser, a man who talks about moving on a, a, a chick like a bitch who he knew was married, all these kinds of things, who is now getting standing ovations at a value voter summit. Yeah, for saying that we're going to say Merry Christmas again. That's how far we've come away oh, from, from, from actual, like, true, uh, good, pious Christian thinking. Oh, the evangelicals showed their true colors. I mean, they they did with it. Yeah, I mean, with with Trump, they showed their yeah. true colors. They showed what's important. To them. At least George W. It's not Bush, Jesus Christ. I'll at, tell you that much. No, it is not. It is. It is, uh, it is money. Yeah. Uh, with George W. Bush, I do believe that George W. Bush was an evangelical. Yeah. And if you look at George W. Bush when he was running in 2000, obviously 9-11 changed everything. But he was running as a compassionate conservative. Immigration was it was education, immigration. And I'm forgetting what the uh, what the third one was. It wasn't war. As a matter of fact, when he was going against Al Gore, he made a strong point about being anti-interventionalist, uh, and that was like the cornerstone of his uh, of his entire campaign. The compassionate conservative. Of course, he and Karl Rove also spread rumors that John McCain had a black child out of wedlock when in reality it was an adopted daughter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are politics being played yeah. here, Roger Stone-esque politics. But at the very least, he was trying to or, or put forward some of the more good characteristics of people who are religious. And if you are really religious right now, 
I think you've got to look at this as a full-on assault. <laughs> yeah, it's like George Bush. He was full-on, like he was evangelical, and he's a good guy, so he's like, I'd better get a demon for my vice president to really yeah. balance all this out. Balance it out. <laughs> balance <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, get all this What's balance. he on, his third heart now? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, so... The, um, yeah, the, the evangelicals, have, have they've shown their true colors. They've they've sold themselves out. They've sold out their God. You know, they, they are... A long time ago. Yeah, a very long time ago. Yep. And Donald Trump was just like the, the, the last... He was, a, he was the last nail for the evangelical Total. movement having any sort of credibility, credibility yep. in this country. I know it's, it, it is. It's it's so it's one of those things mm-hmm. that you, you hate really, really hate to be proved right on. I talked to my friend uh, Joy, uh, Joanna in uh, in the Midwest. She's extremely religious. I actually have to reach out. Hello, Joanna, if you're listening. Um, but she is one of the she is uh, very Catholic. We grew up very Catholic and she's great. She's just such a good person, you know, just the personification of giving. And, you know, for people like her, they see this kind of stuff happening and it is so offensive to them because they're the ones who are self-proclaimed, self-professed Christians. And for non-believers, they look at Christianity and they say, well, who is the head of it right now? It's Donald John Trump. Yeah. And how the hell could anyone square that? With the, uh, you know, with the morals that Christians are supposed to be espousing. Even look at Sarah Huckabee Sanders talking about it, where, you know, she has to sort of um, figure out a way to defend this president and all of his unbelievable, uh, you know, just nonsense. Meanwhile, she's pretending as if she lives some super Christian pious (laughs) life with her and her, you know, with her children and stuff. It's like you, you got you can't. You know, you can't really speak out of both sides of your mouth when it comes to religion like that. Yeah, and it's uh, Trump sitting there looking at Puerto Rico and saying you're on your own. Exactly. You know, and that is about the most unchristian thing and, he could possibly say well, and do. It's like, well, exactly. well, sorry, you're on your own. And if the Not even sorry, if just the, fuck you. If the Republicans would really embrace that side of Hispanic culture, the Catholic side, the religious side, I mean, heck— uh, uh, Trump got 30%. He got more than Mitt Romney did. More blacks and Hispanics voted for Trump than uh, than for Mitt Romney. But uh, Hispanic people in general, Cubans, um, are extremely religious and conservative. And all they have to do is open the doors, get rid of all this DACA nonsense, let DACA stay, leave it alone. And they would find themselves winning the majority of Hispanic votes in this country if the Republican Party would just get away from the identity politics that they're playing regarding um, the us and them mentality and this whole they're taking our jobs, immigration, all this kind of nonsense, um, which uh, which the Republican Party uh, at this point is still winning with. I but mean, they won't be forever. No. T- t- demographic shifts are coming yeah. uh, very quickly. George Bush tried. Uh, he he tried. He tried very hard he to did. move that direction. And he spoke fun Spanish. <laughs> he spoke a very fun Spanish, just like he spoke fun English. Don't like the guy's war policy. Man, I really wish. Yeah, I, w- I wish that. Uh, Things could have been different for W, but hey, man, without nine, sorry, buddy. I really do think without nine eleven, like George W. Bush would just be known as like our goofy fun president. Yeah, I, honestly, domestically, I think things could have been okay. It could have, um, it would have. It's just I think the worst it, foreign policy blunder in the history of the country. Yeah, <laughs> still at it. By the way, seventeen years. Our, our war can almost vote and go fight its war itself. Seventeen years in hell, Look man. At that to bring the uh, to to bring the. Um, what is it? The Vietnam War thing back to it. This is to give you some perspective on our wars uh, in the Middle East right now. Mm. Uh, our war, like between the time uh, that the French left Vietnam and the time that we left Vietnam, it's about the same amount of time we've spent in Afghanistan. Look at that. 
we are still there. Speaking of Afghanistan, there's a family that is held that was held by uh, the Haqqani Network, which is an offshoot of the Taliban. Uh, they were the found Haqqani the, Network. Haqqani Network. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're called. I don't know. A fucking Etsy page. I have no idea what it is. Bunch of terrorists. They're the same group that uh, that had Bo Bergdahl as well. Ah. Which remember we. Still, one of the strangest deals of all time was Bo Bergdahl. Not to get too into this, but we we uh, exchanged five Guantanamo Bay prisoners for Bo Bergdahl just to put him in jail, uh, which I don't understand. That was one of the confusing. That was an. I'm going to call that. That's an Obama blunder. Bron- oh, that's no, a I, that's a blooper. An Obama blooper. That's an old blooper. An old blooper. Uh, I just don't get that. But there was a couple. Did you hear this story? This guy. Uh, so he's a Canadian. I'm blanking on his name now. She's an American. They had three kids in captivity. The Pakistani army with U.S. intelligence found them on Tuesday. Donald Trump alluded to it in his speech that he gave in Pennsylvania. He's like, big news coming. We're going to save some people, whatever. And then they don't want to come. <laughs> It's like the the U.S. sent a plane to send him to Germany. They're like, no, we're going to chill here. And everyone's like, what the hell is going on? So um, the guy is interesting. He was His ex-wife was sisters of someone who was held in Guantanamo Bay at some point. He's concerned that he's going to go to Guantanamo Bay. I have no idea what's going on with that story, but we'll keep you, we'll keep you updated on that as it goes on. Um, they were backpacking in Afghanistan in 2012. Mm. It's an interesting story, but they don't want to get on the U.S. plane, and no one really knows why. They had three kids in captivity. I'm not sure why uh, you would want to hang out there. Maybe they are uh, fully indoctrinated. Maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome, or maybe they weren't backpacking in, in Afghanistan and they were trying to go and join the Haqqani Network, yeah. like Bo Bergdahl. I don't know. We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll, we'll figure that out we'll as soon as the media that gets to the bottom of it lets us know. <laughs> I'm not going to go over there anytime soon. I'll tell you that much. No. no I'm too tall. The too worst... tall for Afghanistan. No, what are you too, talking about? You're like tall. This, You're the same height as Osama bin Laden. No, wait. Bin Laden was what, 6'4"? Six, 6'4", four? Six, four, thin. <laughs> bin Laden and Snoop Dogg have the same body. Just thin and tall. I, and Snoop, Snoop might be longer. Might be longer. Is, might, that yeah. is that what I'm saying, height now? He's a real long dog. Snoop Dogg is what? Is he 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? I think he's, I'm just a little bit taller, but he's thin. I was always so jealous of that, tall and thin. He's 6'4". He's 6'4", mm-hmm. yeah, the same height as uh, Osama bin Laden. That was a fun day when he was cut, right? That was a fun day. All right, so that's basically it for the week. We don't know the, the health care thing. Uh, we just don't know exactly what's going on. According to the New York Times, they are saying um, it doesn't really gut uh, Obamacare. Over. It, 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 so basically the question is with this, this is according to the New York Times, the executive order could result in real changes for some people in the insurance market, but those changes are not the same thing as eliminating the health care law. So this is according to uh, what we know here in the New York Times. Did any laws change? This is the article. Not yet. The executive order has no force of law itself. It instead asked three federal agencies to consider possible new regulations that could help achieve certain goals. It is not clear what those rules will say, which is probably probably figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Generally, issuing new regulations takes several months, including a period of public comment. Well, right now, I mean, he's the big thing is that he's getting rid of the subsidies to help in, uh, to health insurance companies mm-hmm. that help them pay out of pocket costs to low income people, low income people. So that essentially means that he is well, he is gutting it. Like, I mean, in order for uh, companies to keep those people insured, those low income people insured, mm-hmm. they have to raise premiums on other people, on people who or make more money. I'm pretty sure that it, well, and we'll get into this. We'll learn more because at the uh, right now, we just don't actually know. That's the kind of the problem uh, with this new information that happens with these executive orders when things do not go through the proper 
uh, democratic steps, the proper process. We don't have public comment. We don't actually have debate. We just got told that he signed a piece of paper uh, earlier this week, and now we're trying to figure out what the heck it is. I believe it also allows for insurance across state lines, and in order to put keep prices low, they're not going to have the same, for example, pre-existing condition mandates and certain mandates that uh, were one of the reasons why uh, the Affordable Care Act, why premiums went so high. Mm-hmm. So we just don't exactly know what's going to be in it. I'm sure there there has to be some good thing in it, and I'm sure there's some bad things in it as well. So well, we'll what, figure out as, as soon as we know what the heck is in it. We just don't know yet. Well, I know uh, one thing, and this one right here, I mean, this it could be good, it could be bad, depending on what your opinion is, mm-hmm. uh, but it's allowing for people uh, to, like younger, healthier people, to buy skinnier insurance right. plans. Yes. Uh, but the problem with that is if there are a lot of people buying skinnier insurance plans, there's not the funding to cover people with chronic older. conditions, right. older people, uh, people with pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. So if you're of the opinion, fuck you, I don't care what happens to you. All I care about is what happens to me. And even then, I barely care what happens to me. Then, yeah, you'll love it. But if you believe well, if you're that older. if you're no, if you're younger, if you're a younger no, person. No, I know. If you're older, you're going to end up be, be getting more gouged. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. If what's you're gonna older, happen, you're going to end up getting more Which is gouged. what the complaint is about the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yes. Either way, you know what we got to do? Invest. <laughs> I talked to Ben Stein. You know, I had a conversation with Ben Stein. Did you? Yeah, he's very nice. How's his brain? Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> he's a very, he's a conservative guy. He says, he thinks a lot of people are jealous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, of him? And I said, I haven't invested yet, and I'm 36, and he did yell at me. He yelled at you? Yeah, he was very upset. He's like, what are you doing? (laughs) In in his Ben Stein voice. In his old man Ben Stein voice. So I have to start investing. We need money. Yeah. All right, well, let's get that. (laughs) Let's get that. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep you up to date on the health uh, health insurance stuff. And feel free to email me at benk721 at gmail.com with your own thoughts on that. I mean, it just seems like everything is so convoluted. And um, yeah, the I just wish they would have the ACA just could have been done better. I just wish that we had a government that wasn't trying to make this such a political issue. And if they could just make it a person and a people issue, I'm sure that we could figure it out where we could have reasonable health coverage across the board in this country. I don't see why we can't just figure out. What is best for the people and not for the corporations, and that's what it is. Is that that's that's where well, Marcus, what's best for the corporations is best for the people. No, it's Are not. you not listening to Mitt Romney when he was speaking in 2012? It's never what's best for the corporation is never what's best for the people, ever. Well, I heard Starbucks was going to put Merry Christmas on their cups, <laughs> and I love it. We're going to be saying Merry Christmas again. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Ben. Look at that! Isn't that fun? Holy it's a, shit! It's a wonderful life. I just felt I feel better now. Oh, I'm also going to make all television shows black and white again. <laughs> I'm doing that as you're, president. You're doing that? Yeah, making them all black and white again. Make them all black and white. Y- yep, and there will have to be one one child who's going to be a little bit disabled, but by the end of it. He's going to realize that he's also abled <laughs> emotionally. Emo- emotionally. Yeah, abled. his father yeah. will look at him and he'll love him just as much as all the yeah. other kids. And then he'll pull himself up by the bootstraps. He'll wear boots, yeah. <laughs> they're, all wearing, they're all wearing boots. That's key. Black and white, uh, a disabled kid, and at the end, no the bo- father mm-hmm. loves his son. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. That's basically the strange news of this week. Yeah. It's, it's, more of an emo- it's more of an emotional news week. Uh, than anything yeah we haven't there's not a lot of substance out in policy well because again well the reason why it's like that is because we have our leader 
The person who is supposed to lead our country, set the tone, mm. is an emotional person. Oh, so that, he, is, he is, man. He so is. therefore, like that, that shit ripples. Right. You know, it goes, it goes to the rest of us. It makes it. Ma- he is making news was already emotional, and yeah. he's making it so one hundred percent more so. And, and when it comes to this Iran deal, again, don't even stress it. Nothing's going to happen. It's not going to change. It's going to stay in place. He just and, and same thing with with DACA. He just takes no. He can just say anything and just doesn't have the courage to actually put his money where his mouth is. He just sends everything down to Congress, knowing nothing's going to change. Well, he but has- he can say that he tore up the Iran deal, which is not true. No, uh, it's not even nothing will change. Um, all right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. You can find Marcus Parks on Instagram and on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Instagram at Ben Kissel one. Um, oh, let's see. We can go right and review the show on iTunes. Yes, that would be amazing. Actually, we have to really start jumping up that chart. We're always doing great on there, but it would it would be amazing if we could hop into like the top 20 or something. That'd be great. Um, that would be awesome. And keep on supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. I think it's all good to go. The website's up and running. We got some merch. We got products. Yeah, we got a lot of products. We have a lot of products. Yeah, yeah. Last pod- I think it's lastpodcastmerch.com. There it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a new show in the works too. Ooh, what's that about? Can we talk about it? Oh, not yet, but I do. Top I, secret. Top secret because I still got to wow. figure out how to do it, but yeah, I, I got a new, got a new show. This is your the storm is coming moment. <laughs> wow. And okay. It's just, it's just little old me. Little old Marcus. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And this week, let's do a hail yourselves because we need it. You know what? Even, even a hail Gein. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a Magustalation. Hail Roosevelt. Hail, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Eisenhower. Whichever one you want. Who cares? Just whichever one was better. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. All right.